You are listening to the Healing Migraines Naturally podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Leslie Caesar, and I'm helping women all over the country rediscover a migraine-free life. And today I'm talking to Mary, who runs our awesome Facebook community, about the healing at the pool on the Sabbath, the pool of Bethesda. Welcome, Mary. How are you? Hey, I'm doing good. I mean, I'm very interested in this conversation, so I hope other people are right there with me going, okay, come on, Leslie, tell me what we're talking about. (laughs) Right? What in the world are we talking about, right? Yeah. So uh, a couple weeks ago, um, I was looking for, you know, kind of a new series, a new show to get into, and I had heard some people talking about this series called The Chosen which is mm-hmm. a television series depicting Jesus's ministry and life. Mm-hmm. So I thought, oh, you know, let me check this out. I've heard about this. So I'm a little late to the party here where it's uh, two seasons have passed. I hear they're about to um, drop the third season. But if anybody's caught this, it's a very captivating series. And, and I would recommend it for anyone of any uh, religious tradition non-religious tradition i think it's a it's a very well done and captivating um series certainly Mm -hmm. it's based on a a a book that's captivated people for you know uh thousands of years right so and in some ways it's like nowadays it's kind of a controversial book right but yeah Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um every person i've ever heard um talk about the chosen has loved it so I'm with you. I'm late to the party, but I think it's worth at least checking out if you like historic history or mm-hmm. you know, just mm-hmm. want to learn more about that time, time period. Or... Yeah, absolutely. Couldn't agree more. So over the weekend, I watched the episode where they illuminate, where they explain, where they cover uh, this a story from the gospel of John, John five. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And this is the healing at the pool on the Sabbath, the pool of Bethesda. And so, you know, I'm not here to comment on the theology of the story. Um, I will leave that to other people, but I think reading John five, um, I think that it does illuminate some profound human truths. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I wanted to talk about today because it's a story of healing Mm -hmm. and, you know, I'm, I'm particularly interested in any healing stories or examples of healing. And so I think this, this particular story, like I say, whether or not people believe that this story in the gospel of John is direct divine revelation or whether people believe that it is a useful story, if not literally true, Mm -hmm. or if people believe that Jesus was a a master of sorts, one Mm -hmm. of many masters that have walked the earth, Mm -hmm. or if people are atheists. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that the story, like I say, illuminates some human truths, some truths about our human experience mm-hmm. that are true, regardless of whether or not uh, someone believes the story to be literally true 
of divine origin or or even uh, fits into their particular religious yeah. tradition, right? We can okay. read, uh, you know, some people view the Bible as uh, a myth, series of myths, right? Such as we mm-hmm. might in this day and age view the myths of ancient Greece, right? Right. Um, that uh, just because in this day and age we view the myths of ancient Greece to be myths and not true, literally true, that doesn't mean that some of those Greek myths don't contain some truth about our human experience. Right. So instead of like, we're not here to be like, the Bible is awesome. The Bible isn't awesome. Like we're not here to debate that. It's more about like, we're going to draw parallels to the human experience from that story. Yes. Yeah. Kind of how I'm mm-hmm. understanding you. Okay. Yeah. That's it. Yes. Yes. That's exactly where I'm coming <laughs> from. And however people feel about the Bible, I, have no quarrel with anybody's personal uh, take on the Bible. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So let's go through, let's kind of set the stage here, set up the story. Okay. Um, And so I will read here from John five and I was an anthropology major. And so when I saw that there was an archeological study Bible, that was the one I bought. (laughs) I love this study Bible because it goes through all of the archeological discoveries and it really explains the culture uh, at the time and so on. So this is the version that I'm reading from. So um, John five, after this, he's, he's kind of picking it up from the story that was told in John four. After this, there was a feast of the Jews and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate, a pool in Aramaic called Bethesda, which Mm -hmm. has five roofed colonnades. In these lay a multitude of invalids, blind, lame, and paralyzed. Okay. So what, what is going on here, right? So within the city of Jerusalem, there was a pool, okay, that had five colonnades, or in some uh, translations, they are called like porticos, okay. In the chosen, they depicted this as a pool, and there were sort of stone steps going down to the surface of the pool, and there were these sort of terraced areas and so on. So uh, the pool, we would uh, expect and from archaeological ex- evidence seems clear the pool mm-hmm. was fed by an underground spring oh okay okay and so uh again according to my archaeology study bible this particular spot okay had long been associated with healing waters even mm. before jesus's time mm-hmm Okay. And I find this very interesting because naturopathy was founded by two Americans who were sick and went to Europe, went to Germany specifically, to be healed by a German priest named Father Knipe, who operated a water cure sanitarium it seems like there's those types of pools all over the world like we have one in utah um 
it's called the Midway Crater. Have you ever heard of that? No. Mm -mm. It's really cool. It's like this um, kind of a hill and you go inside the hill and it's, um, I want to say 200 something feet deep (laughs) and it's just mineral water and people think have thought throughout the years that it had healing properties Mm, mm -hmm. it seems like a similar type of an idea right Mm -hmm. yeah you know all uh, throughout you know recorded history right um these these pools of water right water has always been revered as a healing uh modality right and so uh, naturopathy or naturopathic medicine, the, the roots of it is within this water cure tradition from Europe, right? So mm. I'm always intrigued by these uh, locations that have these healing waters. Uh, the town that my parents live in, Woodstock, Illinois, that actually had a healing spring in the town. And in the town square, there's a little monument to where that spring was, you know, it's no longer coming to the surface or, or whatnot, but even that town had this healing water uh, hmm. to it. So we have this underground spring that has been considered for, you know, however many hundreds of years or thousands of years before Jesus's time as having healing property. And so mm-hmm. you can imagine how they kind of built around this pool so that people would have access to it. Mm -hmm. Um, And so again, going back to John five, so we have these colonnades or these terraces, we have these steps right around this pool. And apparently this, this pool was enormous, bigger than an Olympic sized swimming pool. It was very, very large. Um, and so, um, as it says, on these terraces lay a multitude of invalids, blind, lame, paralyzed, right? You can imagine, right, the, the number of people laying there and the suffering that these people were experiencing. Mm-hmm. So there was one man, one man was there who had been an invalid for 38 years. So he had been laying there for 38 years. Now, what what are people doing there? Okay, so we we learn um, that people would lay there and wait for the water to become stirred up or agitated. So there would be some sort of disturbance on the water that people could see. And the belief was that an angel came down and stirred the waters. And when that happened, there was a mad dash to get into the water because whoever could get to that area of the water that was being disturbed first would be healed. Hmm. So you have this multitude of people with all of these various infirmities. I bet you there was one person laying there with a migraine. (laughs) <laughs> try all right just everybody's waiting 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 for this angel to come down and stir up the water and then a mad dash to get in there and be the first person to hit the water hmm. now uh the other thing that i read about this pool is at the deepest points 
it's over 40 feet deep. So if you are paralyzed, blind, lame, having a migraine, right? You're going to get in 40 foot water. Not only that, but you're going to have to fight off a multitude of other people trying to get there too. Right. Pretty, pretty rough stuff. Right. Okay. So this man, one man was there who had been an invalid for 38 years. So this man had been trying to get into the water for 38 years. That is dedication. That right? I do not have. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that wow. is some faith that this, this approach is going to help him. Mm-hmm. Right? The problem is, uh, how, you know, how, how do you get into water if you're paralyzed? Right. Right. How, how do you get into the water? How do you, how are you the first person there? Right. It's pretty rough. It's going to be pretty tough in the uh, episode in the chosen. They depict this as having right. Other people, family members and so on, helping their family member into the pool and getting them to the water. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. So here you have this man, 38 years laying on the terrace, trying to get into the water, everybody beating him to it. And then we have to assume that something actually happened. Mm -hmm. Right. Otherwise, why would people, why would he be sitting there for 38 years? Why would this be a known spot? Like there must've been some evidence of healing along the way or or people right. wouldn't continue to sit there. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, we humans, we can be deluded, but at some point, right, there's mm-hmm. probably something happening here that would keep people coming there, keep people braving 40 foot deep water. Right. Mm-hmm. So this man has been laying there and watching for 38 years. Other people experience the healing from this water. Hmm. Think about that. Right. Just being on the sidelines for that long. Right. And and things working for everybody but you. Hmm. You feeling powerless to help yourself. Mm-hmm. So here we have the stage. Okay. We have the pool of Bethesda. We have the multitude of people laying there waiting for the angel to come down and disturb the water. And then a mad dash is going to ensue. Okay. So Mm -hmm. now in walks Jesus. Okay. So again, going back to John, when Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been there a long time, he Mm -hmm. said to him, do you want to be healed? Mm -hmm. The sick man answered him, sir, I have no one to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. And while I am going, another steps down before me. Right? Mm-hmm. So here's here's the here's the scene, right? Jesus walks in, he sees this man, he knows that he has been laying there for 38 years. Mm-hmm. And he asks a question. Do you want to be healed? I mean, human nature 
it kind of sounds like his response was like a little bit, well, duh. Right? <laughs> Not to be disrespectful, but. <laughs> right? Are you freaking kidding me? Right? I've been here for 38 years. Yeah. Right? So, and this is what I love when you read the Gospels, right? Now, I can appreciate, right? They had to keep it brief. They were writing yeah. on papyrus scrolls. They had to hide this stuff and what, whatnot. But goodness, wouldn't you like a little more detail here? <laughs> it sounds like one of those emails you get, like, as per my last email, where, you know, the subcontent uh, content is, if you would just read, you dummy. No. <laughs> right, right. We said well, read, read between the lines here. <laughs> right? I would love to see have seen the look on this guy's face. <laughs> he doesn't know that this is jesus the christ right this is just some guy walks up to him do you want to be healed right <laughs> can you imagine i mean no. and uh, to me this is like uh when when uh when you have a migraine and your your lovely co-worker says to you oh i've got some aspirin in my purse would you like an aspirin and we're like are you kidding me <laughs> aspirin <laughs> uh you just need to drink more water and eliminate your stress and it will be fine right yeah have you tried yeah. exercising right <laughs> my sister-in-law used to get migraines but she went to a chiropractor have you tried chiropractic right it's like this is this is what to me the look on the guy's face must have been like right like come on right are, <laughs> are you freaking kidding me right yeah <laughs> so exactly what is his reply right you kind of you you said you said this before let's take a look at his reply sir i have no one to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up right so we know mm -hmm. he's there by himself mm -hmm. um, and we can see also from the response right i have no one to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up so this again assumes like they portrayed in the chosen episode that people would go there with help, with assistance, right? But he's there yeah. by himself. He's even more um, uh, forsaken, right? Yeah. And while I am going, another steps down before me, right? So, and while I am going down to the water, another person beats me there. Mm-hmm. Right? So what is this, right? This is what we humans do. We get defensive. Mm -hmm. Right. And so this is what really, you know, this is one of many things that struck me about this story. Mm -hmm. Right. When we are asked this question, which we will talk about too, do you want to be healed? Right. Our first response, he doesn't say yes. He doesn't say no. He mm -hmm. defends himself. Mm -hmm. he explains himself mm -hmm. he has an excuse mm -hmm. right so this is this is what we do right when people say well have you tried aspirin <laughs> oh my gosh yes right we get defensive we get irritated we go are you freaking kidding me right like who, who what kind of yokel right who's who's this person asking me if i tried an aspirin yeah right? when did you get your md 
Exactly. Yeah. Right. Who, who you're not a doctor, right? This is, I, uh, I have been defensive many times. Mm-hmm. And one of the most famous times that I got defensive was with my husband. This was many years ago. And mm-hmm. I was in the throes of a migraine and my husband made one of these suggestions. Well, maybe, you know, maybe you shouldn't, um, I, I would drink these, um, uh, this was, you know, we're talking 25 years ago or so. So this was when those like green drinks came out, you know, like naked juice and stuff. You and I are old enough, Mary, to remember when this kind of stuff was new. Unfortunately. <laughs> and so I was taken to drinking these and my husband, again, bless his heart, making a suggestion, suggested that maybe I was drinking too many of these green drinks. And I was laying in bed (laughs) in agony and he comes in and he goes, you know, maybe you should cut back on those, you know, green, greens drinks. And I threw off the blankets and bolted up and yelled at him. You're not a doctor. (laughs) And after just so many times of people doing that, it's like, okay, you just, through the straw the camel's back here buddy exactly (laughs) right so this is a human experience right Mm -hmm. when we are confronted with our symptoms Mm -hmm. we get defensive well i think another layer of that is not just confronted with your symptoms but the underlining suggestion of you're doing something wrong it must be your own fault Mm -hmm. it doesn't get you know, a little bit defensive in that situation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You drank more water. If you had less stress, if you lost weight, if you this, you that. I mean, like the list could go on and on. It's mm-hmm. hard not to be defensive that way, right? Right. And the longer we've sat around the pool at Bethesda, mm. the more and more defensive we're going to get. Right. Because this guy, I mean, I don't know his name, but it's like, I've been trying guys like, you know, I've tried, I've tried this. I've tried that. I don't have support. And, you know, here I am doing all of this on my own. Mm -hmm. Of course I want to be healed. And that is another layer of defensive right there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So this struck me again, whether or not this story actually happened, Mm -hmm. this exchange right here struck me is having some truth Mm -hmm. about the human experience right there. And, and what Mm -hmm. happens to us when we have been sick for a long time, when we have not been feeling well for a long time. Well, my first thought when you brought it up to, Hey, let's talk about this is kind of like, you know, we've said many times in other podcasts, we will do anything to get out of pain, right? Mm -hmm. Including, sitting at the door of whatever miracle drug for 38 years, hoping it will get better. Yeah. You know, up to and including 38 years of trying new, this, that, and the other, you know, what snake oil, what exercise, what hat to put on. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I'm being a little bit facetious, but like what miracle cure is next? We will sit at the door for that for, you know, four decades. Yes. And it might be the one time. Exactly. And 
I know that there are women listening who have been metaphorically laying around the pool at Bethesda for 38 years with their migrants. Mm -hmm. Right? This is why we're Mm -hmm. doing this. Yeah. So, but let's back up one sentence. Mm -hmm. Okay? So Jesus walks in. He sees this man laying there for 38 years. He knows that he's been laying there for 38 years. And walks up to him and says, do you want to be healed? Mm-hmm. Now, why on earth would he ask that question? If he is actually the son of God, right? If he actually is who he says he is. Mm-hmm. Why on earth would he ask somebody that question right right by this time he had already turned the water into wine so we've already if we're again reading the story we already have evidence of his powers Mm -hmm. so why on earth would he ask this question i mean it sounds to me like if if um he's ultra truistic like we believe he is um he's like I'm here to help, not just, hey, buddy, get up and do something with yourself. <laughs> you know, he's like, hey, can I help you in a way? You know? Yeah. Now, I think, I think there's, you know, a, a question to be asked. How did Jesus ask the question? Mm. Right? Because you could take this question to be a little bit. Eh, should we say accusatory, condemning, judgmental? Mm-hmm. You know, do you want to be healed? Mm-hmm. Right? And this is an attitude that a lot of people exhibit when they have a chronically ill person in their life. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. You know, my mother-in-law, well, I mean, does she does she really want to be better? Or, do I, you know, I think my mother-in-law just really just wants to be miserable. She's just, she doesn't want it bad enough to do the things. Yeah, you know, I mean, if she mm-hmm. really wanted it, but, you know. Well, I don't know about Betty. You know, I think Betty just wants to, you know, not everybody's ready. Not everybody's ready to heal, and I don't think Betty is. Does Betty yeah. really want to be healed? Right. Right. This is an attitude that people can frequently get when they have a chronically ill person in their life, when they have somebody in their life with chronic migraines, whether it be mm-hmm. a friend, family member, parent, child, spouse. Mm hmm. Especially if they have seen, yeah, like even a tiny bit of a difference or progress in a certain um, action that the person has taken. So like, for example, if I notice that when you aren't drinking as much water, your headaches are worse, but when you drink more water, then they're better. So I'm going to, every time I notice you not drinking enough water, I start going, oh, see, you just don't want it bad enough. Yeah. Right. And it's painful for us to see our loved one in pain. Mm -hmm. 
And so the first stages of this, right? The first stages of someone when they have somebody in their life with chronic migraines is to be very empathetic, very compassionate, try to help, try to care, right? Have you drank more water? Have you cut out the green drinks, right? Mm -hmm. But it becomes so painful when it becomes so painful to us when our loved Mm -hmm. one continues to be in pain that a way for us to feel less pain is to blame our loved one. Well, Mm -hmm. you know, my mother-in-law, she just, you know, she just wants to be in her misery, I guess. (laughs) It's a coping mechanism that we employ so that we aren't so upset about how, about how much pain they're having. We can kind of Mm -hmm. put it on them. Right. So a lot of times, you know, a lot of discussions of John 5 that I have read, right? A lot of people will emphasize, well, you know, people have to be ready to be healed. That's why Jesus asked the question, because, you know, not everybody's ready to be healed. Mm Mm-hmm. Right? It takes this kind of a tone. Mm. I think, honestly, too, what I see you know, in the free group and just conversations and stuff, like we, we are willing to do whatever we can to get out of pain, but because there are so many fake snake oil kind of situations that people don't necessarily have the courage to keep dipping their toe into the bath every time something is presented. So you have like one extreme where we like jump on every opportunity to that other extreme of, I don't even know if I should try because it may not be worth my time or money or energy or, you know, fill in the blank. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And then when people give up, that can be interpreted. Well, you know, it just doesn't want to heal. Right. Isn't ready. I don't know. In my experience, like you can only keep trying and like get no results so long without completely getting to that. I can't do it anymore point. Like it's definitely a learned helplessness kind of thing. So that's one way of looking at that question that Jesus asks. Mm -hmm. Now, I personally do not believe that Jesus was asking that question from that perspective. Mm -hmm. I think that Jesus was asking the question out of a infinite, uh, a divine compassion and empathy. Mm-hmm. And I think he was asking that question out of an understanding about how the universe works. Mm-hmm. The question, do you want to be healed? I think that question, the very, the very fact that that question was asked, reveals something about the universe and the nature of healing within the universe. The question needs to be asked because healing requires the faith of the person who's doing the healing. That is this man Mm -hmm. laying by the pool. Mm -hmm. And so this is a question 
I think, one of the most profound questions that we have before us. Do I want to be healed? And the first answer that comes to our mind when we are not feeling well is, well, of course I do. Are you freaking kidding me? Why would I want to be in this agony? Mm -hmm. But I can tell you, as somebody who has been on this, this journey, my own healing journey for 25 years, there have been many seasons, there have been many points along this path Mm-hmm. That I have become so demoralized. I have had something so traumatic happen. I have had what I thought to be true ripped out from under me and felt so unsure of where my footing is. Mm-hmm. I have felt so unworthy and defective mm. and despairing. Right. That if I were honest with myself, I would answer no to that question. Mm-hmm. And how do I know that there have been seasons on my journey over the past 25 years that I answered no to that question? Mm-hmm. Because I was not able to take good care of myself. Mm. And I... I kind of knew it. And it hurt Mm -hmm. me to even kind of know it. Right. And so I would push that, push that away. Right. Mm -hmm. And I would get defensive and I would have justifications and I would have explanations. Well, what do you expect? I've got all this on my plate. I've got X, Y, Z. I've got a, there's, there's, I can't, there's no way I could do this right now. I can't, I cannot. It's, it's not possible. Mm. So it's not like just even we're talking, do you want to be healed? But there's also a layer of capacity. Like, And I'm not saying that you can't find the capacity or create capacity. It's just like in your mind, it's hard to see that. Does that make well, sense? Well, I mean, as our yeah. beliefs go, the rest follows, right? So... If the answer is no, no, Uh I don't want to be healed right now, Mm -hmm. then I won't have any capacity for it. Or I don't believe I could be healed right now. Right. Because you have to believe it's possible to even want to do it, right? Right. So I think that Jesus is asking this question because he knows the human experience, the human mind, Mm -hmm. the human psyche, the human psychology. Mm -hmm. He's not asking this from a judgmental standpoint, from a flippant standpoint. Well, I guess, you know, you say yes now, or you just want to lay here another 38 years, right? It's a very (laughs) real and raw and vulnerable question. Mm. And if Again, there have been seasons along my journey where I haven't felt worth it enough to feel good. Hmm. And so if that's the case, 
Why would I take good care of myself? Why would I do anything that's going to help me restore my health so that I feel better? Right. And then the other thing that I have experienced on this journey is one day out of the depths of my despair, something shifts within me. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, I want to be healed. And now I have capacity to do it, right? I have the same schedule. I have the same family responsibility. That I have. Everything else is the same. What shifted was something within me. Mm-hmm. And I say, yeah, you know what? I could, I could do this today. I could do this one little thing. That would help me. Oh, okay. I do that for a week. Hey, you know what? I, that's, that's going pretty well. You know what? I feel like doing this now. Right? I know the steps. Mm-hmm. There have been times in my life I can't implement the steps. I know what they are. I can't do it. Then something right. shifts within me. And suddenly I'm not constrained. I can do it. Is there some proactive way to find that switch in our brain? <laughs> like, I don't know if anyone else out there is like, wait, how do I get that switch to flip? <laughs> I, you know? I wish I knew. Yeah. I'm getting better when, when this would first, when I would go into a season like this before, you know, in years mm-hmm. past, I would be in great conflict with myself when, the, when this would happen. And I would mm-hmm. get so angry with myself because I knew, mm-hmm. right. If I, again, we justify things, right. So it's even difficult mm-hmm. for us to kind of tune into the truth of what's actually going on in our subconscious because we, mm-hmm. well, you know, what do you expect? I've got all this going, right. We justify and it kind of excuse all our behavior, but mm-hmm. there would be this deep part of me that really knew, you know what? I'm not doing what I know is going to help me. Mm-hmm. Right. And I would hate myself for that. I would get so mad at myself mm-hmm. when I would realize that this is what was going on. Mm-hmm. What has happened over the years is if I go into one of these periods of time, I can now continue to love myself through it. Mm. I still may not be able, right? The, the answer still may be no. I don't want to be healed right now, right? But I can still love myself and not hate myself because of it. Mm. And that's been a mm-hmm. really profound learning or experience for me. Mm-hmm. And I have had clients over the years where I won't hear from them for a while and then they will reach out to me and they will share with me that something horrible happened. Mm. Someone passed away. A marriage ended. Uh, they were fired. Mm-hmm. And they say, you know what, I'm getting migraines again and I can't do what you taught me to do. I can't make myself do it. And I hate Mm -hmm. myself for that. I'm so mad at myself because before when you and I worked together and I did what you taught me to do, my migraines went away 
and I can't do it anymore. And now my migraines are back and I'm so mad at myself. I'm so disappointed in myself. Mm-hmm. I agree with like, I definitely have those things where I know better and I'm not doing what I know. And that's such a frustrating, yeah. it's like parenting and, and wanting to be, you know, super patient and a kid does something and you lose your cool you know better and you want to do better but you don't yeah. like and you're just mad at yourself for whatever yep. it is you know we sure know how to beat ourselves up <laughs> so true <Right? laughs> so if if anybody out there is thinking these things too like hello you're not alone <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. look at us <laughs> so this is why Jesus had to ask the question here. Mm-hmm. What is the state of mind of this person? Mm-hmm. Right? Because I've been there. I've been there mm-hmm. when my answer to that question is no. Mm-hmm. And there are many women listening to this who are going mm-hmm. to the neurologist, getting put on new medication going to chiropractors, mm-hmm. acupuncturists, functional medicine practitioners, naturopathic doctors, spending time and money. And really, the answer to this question for them right now is no. Mm-hmm. Hmm. It's hard to admit to ourselves when the answer is no. Mm-hmm. So do you think that if they're doing all of those things and the answer is no. Are they just like going through the motions and throwing the spaghetti at the wall, like we always say, just hoping something helps a little well, bit? Well, why did Jesus ask Rather the question? Right? He, he needed to know mm-hmm. the answer to this. Mm-hmm. Because here we have, he, this is a man who the text says had been an invalid for 38 years. Mm-hmm. In the episode in The Chosen, he... He was paralyzed uh, as a boy because of a fall, right? So sort of fell from a tree and seems to have been a spinal cord injury and then he was paralyzed without the use of his legs, right? That's how they portrayed it in The Chosen. In the text, we have, we just have the words in my translation, had been an invalid for 38 years, right? Hmm. So... If you're going to restore someone to health that has has mm-hmm. a spinal cord injury, mm-hmm. the answer had better be yes. That's not a small undertaking from my understanding. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. so uh, I, from my perspective, right, if someone has a minor, and, and let's face it, okay, there are parts of us So what I am finding on my own journey is that there are some parts of me where it's like, oh yeah, the answer is yes. And then there are some parts of me that are really where I have a lot of shame. I feel a lot of Mm. guilt, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of despair. Oh, those parts. I can't, I can't handle those. Mm. Right. So I think we even have, uh, I think this is not just one answer, right? We have some aspects to us where the answer is, oh yeah. And the other aspect, oh no, I can't go there. 
It's too shameful. It's mm-hmm. too painful. I can't bring that to the light. Emotional. Yeah. Yeah, emotional healing is, I think, kind of like that where so it's just so much easier to just let that be under the surface than to face yeah. it, right? In some way, in some cases, yeah. So depending on where, right, how how much of a yes we can give, right, that's going to mm-hmm. correspond to our level of healing, mm-hmm. right? So... I think this is why Jesus, the Messiah, who has already turned water into wine, asks what, I mean, right? You got to ask, why don't you just walk in, right? Why don't you just walk in and Mm. heal the multitude? Right? Mm -hmm. You're going to go up to this one guy and ask, do you want to be healed? Right? Mm -hmm. There has to be a reason for that question. And I believe this is the reason because healing does not happen by somebody waving a magic wand over you. Mm. The healing ability is within us. And Mm. so we have to be in alignment with that. The Mm. answer has to be yes. Mm-hmm. You 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 recall um, when Jesus went to his hometown. Everybody said, "This guy's the Messiah we've been praying for." Isn't this Jesus, son of Joseph, the carpenter? Right? Isn't does his mother live here? Remember that passage? Doesn't his mother live here with us? Aren't these his brothers and sisters living right in our town? You're going to tell me this this kid that we grew up with is the this Messiah? Guy? Right. And Jesus said, you know, the, Mm -hmm. the prophet is honored everywhere, but in his own hometown. And (laughs) the Bible says he did not perform many miracles there. (laughs) Right. It's like, this guy's going to heal me little, you know, little Jesus who ran around the the square with my kid. (laughs) Remember when he did. Right. This guy's going to heal me. right it's like do you want to be healed Eh, not by you right it's not going to happen right we have to be in alignment with our own healing capacity right jesus did not just wave a magic wand over people this is why he had to ask this man this question in 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 my opinion (laughs) so we have right so we have the story here Let me go back to John 5. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been there a long time, he said to him, do you want to be healed? And again, I think this is out of his knowing how the universe works. All right. And the sick man answered him, sir, I have no one to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. And while I am going down, another steps down before me. Jesus said to him, get up, take up your bed and walk. And at once the man was healed and he took up his bed and walked. Now, what happened here? Right. What I Mm -hmm. find interesting in this. Right. So we asked the question, do you want to be healed? The man says, you know, I, I, I don't have anybody to help me execute the healing program here, right? If you're going to sit by the pool at 
at Bethesda and wait around however long it takes this angel to come down and stir up the water and then throw yourself into a 40 foot deep pool of water in the hope that you're going to be the first person there. You better have a lot going for you. You better have, you know, people to help you. You better be able to swim. I mean, there's, there's a lot going on here. You better be fast. You better be cutthroat. Right. right? You got to elbow your way out of these other multitude of people. Right. <laughs> so this right. man had sat there for 38 years in faith that this would work for him. Mm. Right. I, I, I wouldn't have lasted 38 years. No way. Mm-mm. Right. Especially if it was hot outside. <laughs> <laughs> right. Migraines suffer out in the heat of Jerusalem. Forget it for 38 years. Right. I'm out. Right. So he's, he's saying here, look, I can't execute what's expected here mm. for the healing. Now, what does this say? He had faith that this would help him. And he had never given up that faith. But he was doing the wrong thing. He was mm. doing something that was incompatible with what was possible for him to execute. Mm-hmm. It's like the old adage of like putting um, a ladder up the wrong wall and trying to be successful. Yes. Like it, yes. You know. You can't, if you can't climb a tree, if you're a fish, all of those different cliches. And this hits me. We did a podcast on this. What your natural practitioner doesn't understand about migraines. This hits me Mm -hmm. because here you have somebody doing something for 38 years that he would never be able to accomplish. That was the Mm -hmm. wrong approach for him. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. How many people are going down the wrong road, right? Putting the ladder against the wrong window. Mm -hmm. Chronic migraines. Right? Not at all. (laughs) But they don't give up. Right? These are the women who reach out to me. Mm -hmm. They've been doing the wrong thing for 38 years. They've been set up to fail. By practitioners that don't understand migraines, right? But they still have never lost faith or never lost touch Mm -hmm. with that intuitive knowing that they could heal and recover their health. Mm. That's what really hits me about this. And so Jesus got a yes to the question. And Jesus says, get up, take up your bed, and walk. Take the right Mm. action. Mm -hmm. Well, and look how specific the instructions were. Like, it wasn't spaghetti on the wall mentality. It was like, this is what you need to do. Do this, right? And Mm -hmm. the man clearly had faith in his innate ability to heal he had Mm -hmm. faith or confidence in what jesus told him right and he got up Mm -hmm. and it says again going back to john 5 and at once the man was healed and he took up his bed and walked Hmm. so again healing is not 
waving a magic wand. Healing is not Mm -hmm. taking some, you know, magical herb from the Amazon for migraines that no one has discovered yet, except, you know, Dr. Celebrity. (laughs) Healing requires correct action. And it requires the faith in ourselves and the faith in the self-healing characteristic that is inherent in the cosmos, in the universe. And we have to want to activate that within ourselves. Mm. When those things line up, we're going to be unstoppable. Mm-hmm. We're, we're going to be able to, to figure out how to care for ourselves despite the work schedule, despite the kids at home, the family obligations, right? I have clients. Right. I learn about their uh, work schedule, uh, the, you know, how many kids they have, how many young children they have. Maybe they have a sick relative they're caring for. And I think to myself, oh, my goodness, if I were in her shoes, I don't know. This is this is tough. Right. Mm -hmm. And over and over again. They make it through. Mm -hmm. Right. Because they are saying yes to the question. When we when Mm -hmm. that thing shifts in our mind, in our heart, in our soul and it shifts to a yes, we make it happen. Mm-hmm. Right? These things that were the excuses and the justifications and the obstacles, suddenly they just fall away, and we do it. Yeah. Right? We get up, and we pick up our mat, and we walk. Mm. Makes sense to me. Like, I don't know why it's so hard to get from the like to the pick up your mat part but once you do it 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 is like a little click in your brain and i i wish i could figure out how to make that click sooner but well even (laughs) jesus couldn't make it couldn't make people click sooner right because in nazareth he didn't do too much healing Mm. right so Mm. i mean what 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 can you say to that? I won't put so much pressure on myself. <laughs> That's true. I'm like uh, last time I checked, I was nowhere near in the same ballpark Clearly. as Jesus. <laughs> I got a long way to go there. <laughs> so there's that's kind of the bulk of the story here. But then this next piece, the last part of John five, mm. this is another fascinating piece. So you want to go into this one? Sure. So here we go. So we pick it up, right? The man at once was healed. He picked up his bed and walked. Okay. Mm -hmm. Next paragraph. Now that day was the Sabbath. So the Jews said to the man who had been healed, it is the Sabbath and it is not lawful for you to take up your bed. Hmm. Now, isn't this fascinating? 
Okay. So the, there you have some people. Now, in my translation, it says the Jews. I kind of think of this as the Pharisees, right? In the chosen episode, mm -hmm. it was the Pharisees that happened to be there by the pool and saw this happen, right? The Pharisees kind of represent the hypocrites, right? The, you know, the so-called pious people who are, you know, hypocritical in that so-called piety, right. right? So here you've got these, these people, right? These hypocrites standing around seeing this miracle, right? This guy's been laying there for 38 years. The guy stands up and picks up his mat and starts to walk and they chastise him. And the thing they're worried about is whether or not it's the, the day he should do it on. <laughs> well, right. And isn't this an excuse, right? Yeah. Nothing irritates people more than other people's success. True. And so, oh, well, let me, let, oh, it's a Sabbath, right? Mm. People, we will pick up any excuse to criticize someone who is making a better way for themselves. Mm. The Sabbath just happened to be the excuse that was used. Mm. Right? Have you ever lost weight and lost a friend to boot? Right? Mm. Right? So again, uh, whether or not this literally happened or whether it's a myth, I find this to be so fascinating in the truth of the human experience, our human psychology. Mm -hmm. You know, I used to run a Facebook ad to invite people to come into the free Facebook group, Healing Migraines Naturally with Leslie Caesar mm -hmm. Endy. And I cannot tell you how many people would see the ad and then take the time to respond with a angry mm. emoji <laughs> using the Facebook <laughs> right? Facebook feature. Right? Right. I can't tell you how many people would comment on the ad. Right calling me names. This is hogwash, right? It's like, uh, I, I don't run the ad anymore, but Mary, you remember the ad. It was the most, you know, benign, welcoming ad, yeah. you know, positive ad. Come on in. We love you. <laughs> right, you know, like, Hey, it's a free, you know, free group for you, you know, no strings attached, et cetera, et cetera. The, the anger that this would generate. Mm -hmm. Right. I can't tell you every month or two, okay, I get an email from a woman that I have never met, mm -hmm. uh, a different woman every time. Every month or two, I will get an email from a woman that I have never met mm -hmm. telling me, Dr. Leslie, uh, you don't know me, but I have to tell you this. Three months ago or nine months ago or two years ago, I watched your free training and I realized from that free training what was blocking me from restoring my health. And I took action on that. And I just have to tell you that thanks to that free training, I'm no longer getting migraines and I'm sleeping better. And, you know, my, my muscles don't hurt anymore. And, you know, my marriage is better, whatever it is. I can see why people are so angry about that. <laughs> well, that'll happen consistently, right? That'll happen consistently. Yeah. And then, Mm -hmm. I will get an email 
from people or people will post in the Facebook group. Mm -hmm. You know, I watched this free training and it was a total ripoff. I can't believe I wasted my time. Why don't you just cut to the chase and tell me what I need to do? Mm -hmm. Right. It's the same training. Mm -hmm. It's so interesting to me how people are so they like, I don't have time to email people on Facebook that I took a free, like, I don't have time for that kind of negative negativity. Like, where do you get the time for that? You know, well, and what could you do with that negative energy if you put it into something positive or uplifting in your life? Right. Well, when the answer to the question, do you mm. want to be healed is mm. no. Everything flows from that. True, true, true. Mm -hmm. And so I don't, I don't chastise the people mm -hmm. that behave in the way the Pharisees did. Mm. Because I've been there. Right, right. It's the human experience. Mm. Right? They, you know. People will do this if they see a man laying by the Bethesda pool for 38 years. Right. Right. Mine's a free, you know, 55 minute free training. Right. It's nothing. Right. Right. So people are going to do this when the answer is no. Mm. I think it's a really good point because when you open your I'm not I'm not just talking about in a migraine or healing way but when you open your mind to that there might be an option that there might be possibilities when you just toy with the idea that something might work or something might change you're so much more open and perceptive to things that might work and might change like yeah. isn't that interesting right but we have to have faith mm -hmm. in ourselves and in the cosmos, mm -hmm. in the universe, in nature, in, that it actually contains this ability to heal. When I, 25 years ago, I was fortunate enough that a friend referred me to her chiropractor and there was something inside of me that knew he could help me. Mm -hmm. I had faith that he would be able to help me. And I had faith in myself that I would be able to do it. Mm -hmm. Right. And I had no idea what I was going to have to do. Mm -hmm. No idea. But there was something in me that had these two components of faith. Faith in myself that I could do it and faith that I could actually heal mm. and recover. That that was a capacity that I had along with every other living thing in the cosmos. Mm. Without that, would not have happened. Do you know how many friends and family I referred to that chiropractor because I did everything he told me nine months later I was on a completely different trajectory of my life mm -hmm. transformative experience 
Do you know how many people I referred to him? Yeah, probably hundreds. <laughs> oh, right? right? Do you know how few people ever contacted him? Right. Do you know how few people actually followed his recommendations mm-hmm. out of the few people who did contact him? Mm-hmm. I know only one person mm-hmm. who had the same healing experience that I had. Mm-hmm. This is this is our human experience and our human problem. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Because I'm the type of person, right? Like I, I'm one of these people that refer people, right? If I, if I have a good experience with somebody, I tell everybody I'm one of those people, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. I, I hired a, a painting company to paint my office. They did a great job. I've told no, so many people, et cetera. Right. This is kind of how I am. <laughs> yeah. But when it comes to healing, right, it's a whole nother ball game than hiring a painter. Right. Right. That faith, both sides of that faith has to be there. The answer Mm. has to be yes, or nothing Mm -hmm. is going to happen. Mm -hmm. Right. At the time I was very, you know, I I guess you could call me naive. I was young. I had no understanding of this and I could never understand why, you know, my friend wouldn't, just make an appointment. Why wouldn't she just pick up the phone and make an appointment? (laughs) Or another friend who's going there, going to see him. Not, I I know she's not following advice. She's telling me she's not following advice. She's Mm. not taking it. I I couldn't understand why. Mm -hmm. Right. Now I've been through some of my own bumps in the road Mm -hmm. to understand what's going on. Right. For me, I think, I don't know, when I get into that space, it really boils down to whether or not I believe I can do it and whether or not I believe it will work. And if you can't put those two things together, it's like damn near impossible putting one foot in front of the other to do right. any of the advice. You, you know can't what I mean? do it. Yeah. Like, and- I, I think about you know, fitness and weight loss. That's like probably one of my biggest struggles in life. And it's like, I know calories in calories out. I know how to go to the gym. I know how to do all those things. But if I don't believe that it will work and I don't believe that I can do it, I'm not even going to step foot into the gym or wherever, you know, Mm -hmm. I can't Mm -hmm. be the only one, right? (laughs) No, not at all. I'm like, please say I'm not alone. (laughs) Not at all. Yeah. Right. We have to have faith in ourselves. Mm -hmm. Can I do this? Mm -hmm. And we have disappointed ourselves. How many times have we disappointed ourselves in our lives? Right. Right. I disappointed myself yesterday because I had an extra cup of coffee that I probably shouldn't have had. Right. Yeah. I mean, uh, to maintain faith in ourselves after all of the disappointments that we have put ourselves through, that mm-hmm. is a miracle. Right. Yeah. I'm sitting and, over here contemplating the whole perfectionism thing that we've discussed in other <laughs> podcasts of like just that type A personality and how, if we're not perfect, 
there's a very low tolerance or forgiveness for that in a lot mm-hmm. of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is why Jesus had to ask the question. Mm. Right? If we believe the story, right? Okay? Again, we're re- if uh, whether this is literally true or not, we're reading a story about the Son of God who can turn water into wine, and he walks in and asks, right, the what would be the stupidest question on earth? Do you want to be healed? What what, what do you care? Just heal the guy. <laughs> no, he didn't do that. I and and I think that this tells us something yeah. about the nature of healing and the nature of the universe. Mm-hmm. Right? And especially humans. Yep. Yes. It's not just, you know, one plus two equals three. Mm-hmm. Hmm. That's a lot to contemplate. I don't know if anyone else is feeling that, but it is a lot to think about for sure. So what I like to think of is what if the answer was no? Mm-hmm. What if the answer was Look, look, buddy, I don't know who you are, but I've made a lot of friends here over the past 38 years. True. Misery is company in that situation. Your company is misery. One of the two. Or, <laughs> like, hey, my, my buddy here on the Met next to me, he needs mm-hmm. me. I can't yeah. leave him. It's true. There's guilt in leaving people behind for sure. Right. Or what if, you know what? I don't. I don't deserve to feel good. Mm. So the answer is no. I've done too many bad things. I'm, I'm too defective. I'm too broken. Mm -hmm. I don't really deserve to feel well. What if the answer is no? Mm -hmm. I think again, given what we've read about Jesus in this story, right? Mm. I think his answer, his response to that no would be infinite compassion, mm-hmm. infinite empathy. Kind of makes me wonder, like, I'm sure that conversation was a little bit longer than just, hey, you want to be healed? Yeah. Get up and take your bath. <laughs> like, it, it's a three-line conversation. But mm-hmm. what if it was more like... Hey, you want to be healed? I don't know. I'm not sure if I can do it. Well, let me talk to you for a minute. Like maybe it was a lot more involved than we imagine. And um, we need to have those conversations with ourselves. And maybe until we get to the point where the answer is yes, or I'm ready, or I believe I can, you know. And until that day. There's compassion and empathy for us. Mm -hmm. From ourselves and from Leslie (laughs) and Mary. (laughs) Yeah. I think from the universe. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, should we leave it there, Mary? I think so. I think we've given everybody a lot to think about and 
I don't know about you, but I would love to hear what other people's thoughts are. If they want to come and share them in the group or anything, I'd be very interested to hear. Yeah, I would too. I would love to hear people's responses. Let us know in the comments in the Facebook group. And if you're not a member of the Facebook group, come join us there. You can type in the search box, Healing Migraines Naturally with Leslie Caesar and Dean. Hope to see you there. See you guys. Thanks, Mary. Appreciate you so much. No worries. We'll see you next time. Well, wonderful. And thanks everybody for listening. And before you go, be sure to like this episode and subscribe to this podcast. Um, And please, if you have somebody in your life who's suffering from chronic migraines, please share this information with them. Who could benefit from this information that we talked about today? Please share that on your social media or share it with your friends and loved ones who've been praying for this information. And if you want to stay connected with Mary and I, please join our free Facebook group. We have nearly 12,000 women who are rediscovering a migraine-free life naturally. You can go to Healing Migraines Naturally with Leslie Caesar ND in the search box on Facebook, or you can go to healingmigrainesnaturally.com and we will redirect you there. 